from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. I'm there! And I remembered not to talk until the curtain was all the way up so I could actually transition it properly. Guys, uh, Betty Way from 40K Frontiers joins Danny and myself tonight as we smother ourselves in an hour of 40K awfulness uh, from the last week and find out what the 40K scene is actually like in other countries. Because guys, countries other than America exist. And I, for one, I'm shocked. Uh, my co-host tonight needs some deportations. Yeah, he's finally back on a good internet connection. It's Danny McDavid. Just man, I don't know what to do if I don't have the clown music. How do I even know you're there? <laughs> Joel, if you're keeping count in chat, that's two. <laughs> oh my Joel, god. Joel, if you're keeping track in chat, that's two. Two more John, to go. I became foreign Daddy. for a second. It was very strange. <laughs> Suddenly you were worse at 40k. No, I'm kidding. Um well <laughs> Danny, a couple of weeks ago, uh we we had Nick Horton on had an amazing time. Uh our producer insisted on playing uh the English national anthem, a whole bunch for that. And because of that, uh we did get demonetized for that one, which we made some good jokes on oh. last week. Um, but Brian actually, uh, on our frontline game and community site sent us this, uh, image here, Wait. John, yeah, the Brit, <laughs> they can demonetize you for a national anthem. Uh, I guess if it's someone else's performance of aforementioned national anthem, uh, and if Joel, if ah. you're counting, that's three. Okay. Um, uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they sure can. Uh, we assumed it was just because of, you know, the queen uh, unable to colonize YouTube as fast as India. Um, but they did send, oh, Brian did send us this guy here, uh, which is a conversion someone did, uh, entombing uh, the queen on top of an old school dreadnought on the royal throne. Uh, Danny, uh, would the queen be entombed in a, a crappy old box dreadnought, or do you think it would be something else? Something sleeker, like a something sleeker. Don't say we're a cheap show. Uh, we have animation currently. That's uh, true. Watching on that dreadnought, it was walking across the screen. Yeah, if you couldn't tell that animation, uh, I'm sorry. Like maybe your screen was the wrong size or not, you know, uh, fully, uh, uh, fully available for the beauty that is this. Look at this. It just stomps its way right across the battlefield. You know, it's pretty amazing how far technology has come, John. Guys, three years ago. Uh, this is, by the way, this show is made on a computer that's more powerful than the one that what? sent us to the moon in the '60s, and we can now animate the Queen walking across. I thought across. this was VHS. I mean, it could be based on the quality of my camera yet again. Um, great, great call out, uh, Sam Lyman. Line is the best animation on the network. You're not technically wrong, uh, but I don't also believe that that's a, that's a good thing uh, either, <laughs> or a um, compliment. <laughs> Uh, what would uh, Queen Elizabeth II uh, be entombed in? Because I don't think it'd be an old box dread. Uh, I don't know, John. Maybe, and I'm I'm really having to reach for my vocabulary here. Maybe some kind of a a rubbish bin. Is I like how you local trash it. can, John. Yeah. Okay. 
That's fair. Yeah, a rubbish bin. Yeah. Yeah, an Idaho. Um, <laughs> Danny, yeah. go ahead. Introduce your guest. Let's bring it on in. My guest. All right. Yeah, I'll introduce our guest. You know, John, I like to just, I like to think of things as more, more like the Royal We. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so uh, tonight um, we have on uh, Benny. Now you may know ben- Benny from a bunch of different things. Here you've got uh, he's got Forty uh, K Down Under, which is a successful podcast, as well as a, a he's uh, responsible for hosting many events down under. And uh, because of this, he's probably directly or indirectly responsible for the Australia's uh, recent WTC win. Um, he did tell us directly. Yeah, he told actually he came on the he messaged us and he said, you know, hey guys, I basically made that happen. So, you know, why don't you throw me a bone and let me come on? We're like, dude, all yeah, it took was to kicking you. Adam Camilleri off the team. And now now Banny is silenced Big Danny. No, uh, how did that happen? What? Oh, it's back. Thank Am God. Back? Okay, cool. Oh You're my back. gosh. You know, that was probably the United States government, to be honest. <laughs> chat chat coming in with fire here, by the way, Donnie, saying, you may know him from the video feed a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> For real? For real. Oh, no. Okay. So good. Bring him on in. Yeah, just bring him in. I'm sorry, Benny. <laughs> you get good afternoon, gents. What's happening? What's up, man? How are you, uh, Benny? Tell us about uh, the podcast that you're involved in. I know you primarily from 40K Frontiers, um, but but where else can people hear you? So, obviously, it's 40K Frontiers, a little bit of a boots-on-the-ground kind of um, podcast about everywhere else that isn't um, North America and Western Europe. Um, And uh, at home in Australia, I... Um, me and my crew down under 40k we host a, a localized podcast um, which we also have some great guests which would be interest, you know, interesting to the um, international community as well if you um, fancy giving us a listen you can only find us on Spotify because I still haven't worked out how to get my artwork ready for uh, Apple Music so so it's been <laughs> only been two years now so so should, we're, we're getting there hopefully by year five for year five yeah, well, hopefully. I, I can't you're, work you're out how to do it. Pen, <laughs> you're adding do 10 it. pixels a month to the logo, and eventually you'll be able to afford the whole thing. Well, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been told I've got to change um, hosting services, but um, there is so much. There's so many files to transfer, so uh, I will do it one day. <laughs> you're like, don't give in to, to Big Apple. Um, so what pushed you guys, uh, maybe moving away from the frontiers, which is something that's kind of fairly recently said the boots on the ground, but what, uh, pushed you to kind of create like your 40 K down under podcast? Well, I guess, um, there's a lot of it's got to do with the fact that Australia is so spread out and, um, that we had like, um, Adam Camilleri doing, um, art of all down under, um, and we had the, the normal blokes up in Queensland doing that. And there was kind of nothing in between that and where, where we're located is between those two States. So, um, me and my um, one of my best mates, Dale, we decided to get together and basically it all started off with just run a 40K league at our local store. And then all of a sudden it's this multifaceted thing where we're doing uh, live cast content, um, podcast content, uh, running running events, big events in Australia and stuff like that. Yeah, it just got all out of control. I don't know. It's all been a blur. So Yeah, awesome. And then just for a time, chat, chat, 
there's bits. Uh, they're just now middle ending bits. So we can do like the important interesting stuff at the start and then you guys can all go away. We figured with it being Australia time, it's like 3 a.m. Thursday. Uh, so really get the interview part out of the way to start with. But awesome. Uh, that's super cool. So like you started running events and kind of building stuff up there. Um, would you say like Adam Camilleri was just like a huge inspiration to everything you do? And I'm not asking that just because he's in chat right now. Oh, God. Well, Adam, Adam, of course, was a huge inspiration, like him getting um, recognised. I actually commentated um, with Adam Camilleri in the first couple of months we were um, we were on. Uh, we started, we did a uh, charity raising Ironman GT, and I had the pleasure of uh, commentating with Adam, so that was really good. Um, but I think it was more like um, we I consumed a lot of content from um, like other podcasts and stuff like that, and we had the normal blokes and Adam, and we just it felt like there was another part of Australia and that wasn't being, wasn't being shown to the Australians, if you know what I mean. So that's where it started. And obviously we've got some international listeners now and stuff like that, but you know, like Adam and um, normal blokes basically catered mainly to um, overseas kind of um, overseas audiences. Well, normal blokes kind of do everything, but um, yeah, we just, we wanted to fill a gap, you know? So that's all it was. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah. And then just kind of going in with chats coming here, it's focusing on you here. Was it something like for you guys, like a frustration with the kind of the sort of America British centric coverage 40K got? Because in the past few years uh, with COVID and kind of other things, we've seen kind of an explosion of 40K podcasts and kind of 40K content. But all of it was very uh, America centric or ITC centric. Was part of that push kind of seeing, like you said, normal blokes and kind of Art of War down under kind of focusing on that foreign listener you'd be like well you know we have players here too yeah i think um it's really hard um for us over here in terms of like we hear all the big names and stuff over there and it's it's really good and you know there's obviously a lot of um access to what they do but there's um over here we've got some brilliant players which oh, yeah. kind of don't tend to see the spotlight and you know there's there's brilliant players like chris wright who's on the wtc team i actually he lives very locally to me like half an hour away so we we've played a few times i get beaten down by him often um and i think many of the local people do and i think it was kind of like it was always more of like to show people that you know, that we, we play a lot of 40K because the community's massive over here. There is a lot of 40K players um, and, for you know, for our population. So I think it's kind of like not only was just showcasing locally our local players and stuff like that, but also just the kind of the country as a whole, really. So, Do yeah. you find that there is a, like a disparity between like the kind of meta, that, the coverage of the kind of meta that you guys have? Is that kind of why you wanted to like go for, like to show people kind of that? Like I know that's kind of the basis of frontiers, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what you want to show people is like, give them a showcase to these different metas. Yeah. hundred percent. So frontiers was like, not just Australia centric. So that was the most amazing thing about frontiers. Right. We've right. had one of our hosts um, go over to um, he's moved over to Korea rec uh, recently. Um, and he's just literally just um, played a G one of the first ever um, Korean GTs oh, cool. last, uh, last week. So um, he'll be on, he's got, he's pretty busy at work, but after that we'll be doing a bit of a thing on that. Um, and yeah, I think it's like, we have, for example, a lot of players over here who like look at the art of war lists or the American tournament lists and stuff yeah. like that. And they'll, um, they'll like simulate the list and stuff like that. 
Um, and it's funny because the more more often you see that happening, the more you see that that kind of doesn't work over here because I guess like it's hard to say. Like people say, what is so different about 40k in Australia, right? But um, mm -hmm. but it's it's you can't really pinpoint it because over here this is how we play 40k. Sure. So we look at some like American and um, and like Western European lists and stuff, and we go, we don't understand how that does so well over there. It must be their terrain, and I think a terrain does shape metas and 40k in general. Um, okay. so, but, but like over here, we have lists that honestly, like, you know, I think you've seen, I think the WTC was a perfect example showcasing the list styles of Australia. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, especially Eric's lists, Eric's lists are always a lot different and Eric obviously had input in all those, but, um, like everyone overseas was like, what the hell is going on in Australia? How do these lists work? And then they, we win the WTC. And another thing, like, um, I was talking to Eric the other day, and, and he was like, the weirdest thing is, is it's not, none of these lists are actually that weird to us. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of, it's, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's definitely, it's definitely a different way of playing 40k. And it's, it's, is it yeah. because, like, a single box of Space Marines is like $30,000? <laughs> so if a unit's bad, you kind of have to make it work because that's yeah. a serious hobby investment. I mean, well, yeah, you got to pay off that mortgage on that unit, right? Like, well, that's right. And it's right. 50,000. That's 50,000 New Zealand dollars, too. So, you know, like, yeah, so how are you going to afford $80,000? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, look, we, for example, I make the joke on front, I think everyone was beaten to death on Frontiers, but like, we haven't been able to get Tyranid Harpies over here since Crusher Book dropped um, in oh, White no. Dwarf. So we still, like, they're still not on the shelves in any, in Australia at all. So um, obviously there's a lot of like eBaying and other stuff there to get those, but um, that definitely shapes um, the meta to a certain extent. Um, that I, I would, be, would be ignorant if I said it didn't. Um, but mm. I, especially with new releases, like for example, the Tyranid Codex, which is this is hilarious. So I'm surprised no one, um, not many people outside of Australia know this, but the Tyranid Codex was delayed in Australia, the only country in the world it was delayed in. Um, and the funniest thing was, is by the time it actually got for sale in Australia, they'd already they'd already FAQ'd the whole thing. So you were like the book you were pre-ordering wasn't even correct on paper. So it was yeah. Uh. Um, but that's so, so yeah, we definitely have a bit of lag there, but I think in terms of the way we think of lists and stuff like that, it definitely, it definitely is, it might have a small, you know, a small percentage affects that, but I think it's just a, just a different way to think of how, how we put models on the tabletop and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, one thing that's consistent, uh, from community to community and Benny, we're going to jump back in and talk to you about, about Australia a little bit more as well. Um, it's just awfulness of the community but last week i sent out a call uh to people to share your hobby area for danny to describe oh, so we could shame and actually fantastic. dozens of people sent me their hobby areas um i chose two to get started and this might be a consistent thing we keep going but uh danny i want you to kind of describe what you're seeing on this first one Benny, feel free to jump in and comment as well. Uh, there's no names on this uh, because I would like more people to send it. And this isn't a uh, name and shame. This is just purely shame. Because I would. Uh, so starting... I'd say exactly who this was from and why it was bad. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. So starting with this guy here. I mean, all right. It's not that bad, I guess. What? Yeah, what is that? Is that nail polish so Superstar remover? producer Val is uh, zooming on in here uh, for a cup. It looks like a sports trophy. Yeah, some kind of Tyranid. Is that a 
what is that a, a hierophant? Is, is that not baby oil there? <laughs> where? 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 <laughs> the pink so, soap? So yeah, we have a tiered biotitan. Looks like we have a nail polish remover, possibly baby oil. Do our best CSI enhancing there right there. Uh, and then some like so this is sort of to me your classic hobby desk setup where it's uh horrible <laughs> my mic disconnected wonderful oh perfect all right so uh, it looks like the case is that a douche hobby setup uh where you have <laughs> is that a douche maybe um well okay yeah sorry so the description of this is it's cluttered there's a lot of things <laughs> there's no organization um, there's a clock for some reason, but there's no screen to watch. So what is this? This guy's some kind of monster. He just sits there and models with no sound. Um, I guess he could have earbuds. Covered in baby oil. Just yeah, laughing in baby oil. Yeah. Um, there's a, Guys, there's a lot of money like on this adding, table though. Look, there's a higher Do you guys feel like you're going to be adding baby oil, uh, to your hobby regime? Uh, to, to properly again and get in the spirit. Well, I don't what use you... baby oil for the hobby. That's, you gotta do it for the love. That's for other stuff. All slippery. All slippery and stuff. Imagine. Gross. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's it's cluttered, but, but it works. <laughs> um, moving along to our second desk. This is kind of the opposite of the spectrum. It's like a little bit more organized. But I'm very concerned at the wire situation under the desk. Uh, so we'll start up on top here, Danny. Uh, Benny, what are you guys seeing there? Uh, all right. Looks oh, like wow. A, a, <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa, hold on a minute. Keeps, keeps your feet nice and Bro. warm when you're hobbying, I guess. <laughs> That's a lot of wires. Um, yeah, what's going on down there? A lot of paper towels. Uh a lot of wires coming out of there. You know, I don't think those are paper. Those aren't paper towels on the ground, though. Those are just like regular hand towels, right? Well, sometimes a paper towel just doesn't absorb. Yeah, enough. it just doesn't hold up to the mess that you've made. Now, <laughs> a, a, <laughs> they could be though. All right, hear me out. Like this is the possibility. I don't want to throw too much shade here, but if he spills paint on the ground, maybe he's hoping that it's gonna get on the towel instead of the carpet. Oh, it's like a pre-nuln oil kind of dealio. Yeah, exactly. It'll soak. The, it's a nuln oil sink. <laughs> okay. It looks like we have one squeegee bottle back there for the baby oil, uh, yep. which is going to be just a Gotta constant need at every desk. A lot of Q-tips. Yeah, that's. Who? I don't. Maybe he's washing off, uh, or like scraping, off, or like uh, dabbing off wash, or something like that. From like. Uh... Yeah, that looks yeah, good. Well, he, might, he might have just finished um finished in the shower and then just and then just <laughs> gone oh, i've got to go and do some hobby and just just ran out finishing his q-tips in his ear oh my um, feet are still wet <laughs> like i better throw down some towels yeah. <laughs> oh yeah uh sorry chat here you're calling out the drop pod in that back corner yeah, yeah that. beautiful pain area some um, necrons you love to see those no, I don't. They can stay the hell away from all my tables. Uh, Danny, Benny, uh, we don't have pictures right here. I don't want to pull you guys into it. Uh, but well, what is your hobby area setup? If you could describe it in the sentence. Oh, man, it's terrible. It's a domain of despair. 
it's an it's an abomination that I uh, it's like a dark a dark secret that I keep in a separate room, you know, and I, I always shut when visitors come over. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, mine is the top half of a box, uh, like the you know like the army boxes, just filled with an unorganized mountain of paint that I'm using currently. Um, but like one or two have been left open. So, oh, yep. Danny's uh, showing this off here right in the corner. He's got his bag of shame. Uh, that's his hobby area. Guys, if you have a permanent hobby area, you're doing it too hard. Just Ziploc bags and cardboard is all that's needed. That's right. <sighs> it, makes, <laughs> it makes, uh, it looks, it makes looking like, uh, you live out of your car seem glamorous. I'll say that yes. a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I hobby like a homeless person. Um, <laughs> hobby hobos. Big hobby respect. hobos. Uh, guys, I've been sitting on this one for a couple of weeks, but it's finally time to share a very questionable conversion uh, that I found. Uh, it's this guy here. Oh, no. Danny, for the benefit of our audio-only listener, what are we looking at right now? Uh, all right, so it's this kind of racist knight maybe i don't know he's wearing he's wearing a serape and he has a uh, he's got a sombrero and a guitar in his hand it's a knight um he's also holding up with a claw like a skull with a mustache on it and that's what the sombrero is on and the knight's like disguising himself what what is he what even is this supposed to be doing so let me help you out here. This is two war dogs standing on top of each other, covered by that piece of fabric. Oh, uh, actually, holding all up right. a piece of stick to pretend while holding a what I can only assume is a fifty-foot-tall uh, acoustic guitar. And all right, that's better. <laughs> that's that's better. I guess. Okay, Danny. Danny, question number one here. Danny, you touched on it a little bit. Is this racist? I mean, I don't know, man. I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> I'm gonna cower. I'm gonna cower it out. You know what? No, John. I'm gonna. I'll call it out. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I can say with a hundred percent certainty, it just might be. might be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Benny, is something like this. Like, if you have uh, go to a gaming table and guys, like, I have my night army. Here's my desecrator. Plops down two war dogs with a sombrero, holding a guitar. Is that an acceptable conversion for you to be a um, desecrator? I really hope you're not asking me this for any other reasons other than like a hypothetical, and not because this is something you're planning on doing or this is your model. <laughs> um, <laughs> You have to be careful with stuff like this because yeah. it's also it also could be promoting inclusiveness as well, you know, in, into in, into <laughs> into the hobby. Oh, we have lots of love uh, for this this model here coming from Chad. I think it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, let's know. There's like it looks fantastic. Uh, the guitar is bigger than the Arbiter. Um, <laughs> and, and just no, it's not. And Daddy, to defend you. Uh, Rusted Bartender on Twitch let us know. I'm 100% certain, maybe. Uh, good times. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's not I thought it was a bottle of Mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You don't know what's under that uh, piece of fabric yeah. right there. The Danny, you saw the name of several times, and I just choose to ignore it. It's called a serape, I think. Serape. Maybe a poncho? That could be a poncho. I don't know. Mike Poncho. Um, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> moving on. We have a plastic Leviathan that's finally out, and everyone is happy. No, I'm sorry. Most people are happy, as we're all getting dragged into Ballgate, uh, which makes me very happy. Guys, the Leviathan now have ball-shaped heads as opposed to the comb ones from the resin models. I have to ask our steam panel that we have here right now, what is the likelihood that those are actually real uh, Forge World models and not China cast? Oh. I don't know where in the world. Is that the theme for this episode? Because I feel like if I say... Maybe it came from maybe it came from down under because it was less expensive there to buy a bunch of recasts. I don't know than the actual thing. It's probably less expensive to buy actual Forge World. Oh no, they got the price jack up in the down under like everyone else, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, yeah, they're probably real. That's fair. Totally, totally fair. Uh. Benny, does, does does this change in head shape actually ruin the Leviathan, which is an amazing model? Uh, John, super well designed, really big tanky ball. Sorry, Danny, yeah. I think it's really important that we emphasize how important head shape is into numerous <laughs> numerous different ideologies. Um, it, it's a great <laughs> indicator of a lot of different things, as we know from history. <laughs> oh, man, I got to... All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> But Benny, was was your enjoyment? I mean, do you like the Leviathan Dreadnought as a model? Uh, generally? Yeah, of course, it's a cool model. It's yeah. a really cool. Ba- model. Benny, are you a, you a fan of that one? Well, I think it's more of a case of um, uh, as as I'm not a Horus Heresy player, but I'd feel I'd feel pretty offended that it was actually easy to build now um, compared to the pre- <laughs> in previous in previous uh, times. Oh, yeah. But um, but I, I don't mind it. I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's. I think if you if you're getting upset about a head, um, you can either just change it or um, probably just move on. Hi guys. Uh, hi guys. The producer here. Sorry to break into the show. Uh, just wanted to say we did a quick straw poll uh, on on YouTube. Is Danny racist? Came back fifty four percent yes, forty five percent no. Uh, just wanted to update you on the results. Great, Sam. <laughs> you're going to make a great lawyer according to YouTube, Danny. I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so everything Danny, I say by... is a joke. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be really clear about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, an even better question here, <laughs> Danny, is Benny here saying that he's not a heresy player, but then instantly providing that the plastic is trash and resin is better? Do you think we have like a whole society of secret thirty k players who don't actually know they're thirty k players? Was it? Was that to me? Sorry. No, that was to Danny. Oh, because you're you're like you're just saying like I'm not a 30k player, but I have really harsh opinions on plastic models that don't actually affect the game in any way. And I'm like, <laughs> are you sure you're not a 30k player? Oh my god, yeah. So yeah, so this is I, this is a conversation that I witnessed on the internet this week. Um, a gentleman asked if it was okay if he used Primaris heads on his Mark IV Marines, which are virtually <laughs> oh, no. exactly the same. I just it's really important that everyone knows that they're 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 basically the same except the primaris have like these little tiny ear covers that go over their their the sides of their helmet and uh almost 
unanimously the community was like you idiot you never use primaris model primaris bits on uh on 30k models so uh yeah i think that there probably is a ton of 40k players that are secret 30k players because they're just just the real worst of the worst (laughs) hell yeah and then uh producer val if you could keep on just adding random polls about danny's comments (laughs) yeah in my recast very much yeah very much so um guys uh, what other plastic adaptations of resin kits have ruined the model for you? Danny, do you have strong feelings about the Trigon? Uh, oh. Betty, how do you feel about the Baneblade? Are these things that are being ruined by their move to plastic? I think anything anything that moves to plastic is probably better for a lot of people's tempers. Um, and um, honestly, like price-wise it's going to be a bit cheaper so I'm, i think that's that's always a that's always an advantage so well forge world in australia is absolutely off the chain in price like it is you know yeah get a secret job hide it from your wife kind of price you know so <laughs> oh i hate those and benny what is your only fans <laughs> what's my well, only fans no benny. Oh, benny oh that I don't have an well, we did have an OnlyFans for a joke. Um, I don't know if it's oh, still running. I haven't seen any profit from it yet. So, okay. If people wanted to find you, I can't <laughs> believe I'm asking this. Here. Thanks, Daddy Reese, for letting us do the show weekly. Uh, oh, ben, man. if people want to find you on OnlyFans, how would they find you? Uh, I think it's I, th- I can't remember the exact name. I'm sure Dale, who's in the chat, might put it might put it um, down there for you. But I'm pretty sure it's uh, I don't know. I think it might be a thick boy thick boy 40k. If, Dude, I could I could be totally wrong though. Hey. But 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 and if not, just, it will be changed to that anyway. So and just like that, Val's found a new show for the Frontline Gaming Network. <laughs> thick boy 40k. That's. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, that's amazing, Benny. I'm yeah. so proud of well, you. Well, subscribe, right mate. I, I need yeah. to get, I need to get I, myself I, I'm some going resin on there models. right now. What's, what's another $5 on OnlyFans, you know? Well, that, yeah. <laughs> Add it to the pile. Moving on. Add it to the pile. Moving on before Val starts a, a poll on YouTube, which is how much is Danny's monthly OnlyFans spent. Uh, the Votan continue to roll out uh, with... I'm going to pronounce so many things wrong. So Thonian Berserks and Brokar Thunderkin on their way. Uh, guys, eyes exist. I'm just saying, you know, use the occasional one. Um, these models are in no way similar to the Warhammer Fantasy Battles, Slayers and Thunderers. Um, but also on that note, guys, what other units can we expect from the Votan? Um... I'm hoping for more fantasy dwarf analogs. So like some kind of a gyrocopter. I mean, all right. So all of these, all of these hopes and dreams are all secondary, right? To the real thing that all players want to see on the table. Uh, They want to see it. It's choo-chooed its way right into my heart. Uh, And that's the land train. Ben, have you been following uh, the the Votan stuff as it comes out here? Are they fitting your hobby need for for midget space people? I mean, look, I um I think first I'd like to know if they're Imperium or Xenos. 
um, would be good. But uh, but I um I, I appreciate I appreciate the new models. I would love to see like going off what Danny said. I'd love to see an Anvil of Doom style style centerpiece, like a Triumph, but with dwarfs, basically. So something along those lines. Um, like like a tech support call center. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or even like or even like a bu- a buffet cart for the land train. Oh yeah, dude. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just a, a server that they're wheeling onto the battlefield to help them with their computations. Just a big photocopier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. It's super good. Um, I picked up one of these photos here of the Berserk. Someone commented on the official 40k Facebook page that they just look like fat little dudes and not like dwarves. Um yeah, there you go. They don't look like squats. They look like fat little men. So do you. Um, Danny, yeah, res- respond to that. <laughs> so, so do you, man. <laughs> What's funny, Ben, is like I, we we blurred their pictures, so you can't kind of like uh, cyber stalk them. But you know, it's kind of true what Danny. Yeah, said. I mean, there's a really good chance that <laughs> that's true. Pre- probably pretty good. He's portly. Probably pretty good. He's got a beard. Uh, and if he's angry at stuff on the internet, he's probably short too. That's fair. Um, Danny, you found this next one here. Uh, oh, we're, we're throwing this in. Um, take us through this. Uh, this here uh, was something you found on Facebook. It says, oh, oh, no. Am I seeing some things different? Does the GW tournament rule all wall LOS blocking up to five inches? Is that actually a thing? I ask because I played at an RTT today and was told every wall in the big squares are five inches tall, line of sight blocking, even when they were smaller than five inches and not facing the opponent's deployment zone. <laughs> Danny, where were you when you first heard of obscuring terrain? Uh, before eighth, before ninth edition was actually released. Uh, so probably in my home. Probably in my home. That's fair. Fair. Uh, ben, uh, ninth, uh, ninth edition obviously is getting kind of the, the comments from the community that we're getting rules bloat. It's getting too complicated. Um, are there some rules that you weren't aware of um, that other people thought were like super common, but you're like, well, damn, I didn't know about that. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I feel like there's a there's a new one, a new one every now and then. I think some of those terrain rules when you get into the nitty gritty and you start looking at things like barricades and stuff like that um, can definitely... Definitely, I think you can, you can get cover cover from barricades. Is that right? Or you get an extended engagement range from barricade barricades, which are that definitely um definitely is a strange one. But you don't see too many of them on a forty k boards, really. I think as as ninth edition has gone on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny, uh, Val, ask it in chat here, and I want you to do this here. Uh, raise your hand if you've never done a charge reaction. Oh, I call. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> Did you play? You played fifth edition fantasy? No. Yeah, you That's had why a I've never done a charge army. reaction, and I'm raising my hand. You had a Bretonian army. Yeah, but I didn't play really well. <laughs> um, but Danny, what about you? Is there any rules that, that other people are like, yeah, it's a common. Yeah, we do this all the time. And you're like, damn it. Uh. I, no, this kind of stuff blows me away. Like, how can you be this far in the edition and like that's not a thing? Although, all right, to be fair, some of the rules for obscuring terrain are a little wackadoo. So, like, I've definitely seen some like night players get surprised that I can just 
you know, hide a dude totally behind a piece of terrain, still shoot the knight, but the knight can't shoot me back. Um, that kind of stuff is a, a little weird sometimes. Okay, so starting uh, with you, Danny, and then moving on to the more polite Ben. Um, how it's would true. you respond to this post politely? Uh, I, I'd probably look up whatever page Obscuring Terrain is on, like the rules for it, and then I would just post the page number and cite the Warhammer 40k rulebook. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything other than that. So, Ben, again, paying attention to the word politely uh, that I put in there that the Danny <laughs> seemed to not have heard. Um, how would you let, uh, how would you respond to that there? Um, I would say probably if, so, so the, the, as a TO, I would, um, you know, go through all the normal steps. Um, but if this was just a random uh, forum or Facebook post, I might um, ask them to explain more in detail and then ghost them and never reply. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a veteran. Breaking uh, news, Reddit. breaking news, breaking news. We have another straw poll here. Uh, I have never oh. remembered to set to defend. Uh, our chat <laughs> responding, 76% yes. Never remembered to set to defend. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll probably go through pistols me. and grenades next. But I can shoot you. Why would I set to oh, It's fine. Who remembers the rules? Uh, great poll, though, Val. <laughs> uh, because everyone has a podcast nowadays. Everyone on screen right now has at least two, uh, one of which they actively do. Um, we <laughs> found this on Reddit, though. Step aside, Art of War. Um, I took my Death Guard to an RTT and went two and one <laughs> is the name of this YouTube video. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Look. Yeah. I'm never going to be as, as good as this guy. So, like... <laughs> Dude, you literally took my death card to an RTT and went two and one. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't make a YouTube video about it. So, obviously, I'm not an expert. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Uh, Benny, you ever taken death card to an RTT? Um, I've not actually taken death card to an RTT. Um, uh, I sold all my death card. Did help you? It, 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 you know... Yeah, it, look, it also, it does sound like an, an invigorating, invigorating uh, experience to watch that video. I wonder what the terrain rules were at the at the event. That's like the question, though, right? Because every time you see like this this army list doing like well or above what you think is, it's like, well, yeah, but it probably had a weird terrain thing. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I actually know the answer to this. I, yeah, I did watch the video. Oh, you did. Yeah. It was okay, uh, so what they had is every three inches, uh, like in a box, there was a there was a six inch piece of obscuring terrain. So you could move through like two of the walls a turn, but be totally immune to reprisal. There's no way anybody would be able to shoot you. In fact, you couldn't shoot any of the models in the army. And, you know, Death Guard are pretty good when you can't shoot them. Yeah. For at least two of the games, uh, they didn't know about obscuring. One of them, they really did, though. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> but what I wanted to kind of twist this into here, uh, we, Benny, I kind of said at the start of, of the, the, the podcast here, uh, podcasts are, have seen a growth during COVID, uh, of kind of an explosion. And we see podcasts popping up here and there, and, and kind of 40K content is exploding. And right now, it seems to be we're seeing a second rise in content creation. Um, over the last few months. Why do you think that is? Uh, especially, like I said, over the past three, four months. Well, I think it's um, 
it's quite easy to make it now as well, which I think is a thing. Um, but I do think that um, that people, there's a lot of a lot of people thinking, yeah, I can do that. You know, I can I can I can talk about, you know, we do stuff differently here, or I do stuff differently here, and I think that. Um, you know, it's it's more of like I think there's a lot of you can't you you know that people just want to have a go at it. So which mm. I think's great. You know, so like this is basically what I did. So yeah, and sometimes like this, unfortunately, they're wrong, but they keep doing it. Uh, yeah. Danny, <laughs> it's Danny, out of fight, is, John. Is there a place for a podcast for sort of like normals uh, who can't just kind of like you know? Hey, this is my podcast about how I just showed up and three and would an RTT, or hey, I just you know went five and zero, and I'm just personally I don't have like any kind of frame of reference to that. Um, but you think there's a place for podcasts for people just going kind of two and one, one and two at an RTT? Yeah, I think that there's. Well, it depends on what your expectations are, right? I think that people who like want to showcase themselves doing that kind of stuff at a tournament aren't really interested in what the record is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's um, a nice opportunity for people to talk about. Um, this, we've actually done a podcast um, with guests who 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 attend a lot of events, but they're a middle of the pack player, and that what they talk about that being a massive social outlet for them, and um, just enjoying enjoying the hobby itself. Um, so you know, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of that there. I think it's a good thing for sportsmanship and stuff like that to highlight that. Because those people have got to, if they keep, you know, if they, they love events still and go to every single one they can and, you know, they sit in the mid tables and there's, you know, that's obviously something that means a lot to them, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And our producer shouting out 40K Badcast is a great example of this. Drunken Dreadnoughts being a great example of this. Molecules, Grim After Dark being great examples of this here. Um, Danny, I'm going to ask both you guys here, uh, Danny and Ben, uh, are RTTs undervalued? Because uh, some of the feedback that this post was getting was, oh, yeah, it was at an RTT. Who cares? Well, I mean, are you asking if they're, like, considered to be statistically significant? Because I think that usually not. People don't really care because they happen so frequently, right? But it's a good way to train yourself to do that. But, you know, different people have different expectations. Maybe this is this guy's best event, right? And so yeah. it's he's he's proud of that result. He's improved. Maybe he was... a you know, zero and three or one and two player, and he went two and one, and that's a big accomplishment for him. And so, hey, it's pretty shitty for people to knock on that. Like, I mean, just let the guy be proud of his achievement. I think that's cool. Yeah. So, Ben, like with the focus on GT Plus events, for example, um, uh, uh, the Nathan Hennig's uh, stat check, uh, the the forty K stat check. Uh, coming out they're focusing purely on gt plus events majors everything like that what is kind of the future for rtts because they kind of occupy the space of almost the garage hammer of of 40k uh right now where they're not really taken super seriously i think um rtts are so if you if you're looking at just the game specifically it's really good for practice um especially if you can go to a go to an RTT run by the same people who run bigger local events in your area, get used to the terrain, get used to um, the players that are going to be there. Cause generally the same kind of, the same kind of group of players attends and goes to those events. But also like, if you're not looking at it from a game perspective, just going out and having a day out with, with a bunch of mates um, and rolling some dice 
uh, I think is, you know, is, is a perk in itself. I've got friends who literally, they don't do two day events. So, you know, because of family, because of work, um, because they because they can't be bothered to do that, um, so they they tend to the RTTs are their their day to shine. So, mm-hmm. Danny, I do want to shout out here, um, Aiden Aiden Smalley, who's uh, listened to, to us for far too long. Phenomenal death card player. We've seen him kind of grow and be great. My favorite yeah. story for Aiden is he went to the Leeds GT recently. Did real well for himself, right? Went five and zero. Oh. Yeah, and they were like. Buddy, come on in the shadow round. He's like, no, I'm good. Thanks. So I'm going to go hang out with my uh, new dog and just left. And I think that is uh, worth more than, than any than any fake internet points that you could possibly do. Yeah. Uh, guys, YouTube creator and Imperial Fist fanboy, uh, Chapter Master Valric, released a video with the not at all misleading title of The Lion is Returning. Um. <laughs> to share his thoughts on why he thinks the line is returning. Uh, not that it's actually being confirmed at all, but guy, first off, Ben, is this a clickbait title? I don't think it gets, it gets too much more clickbaity than that. Does it really? I mean, where's he been anyway for the whole time? Uh, in the rock, I believe. He's, right, Danny? he's snoozing. Yep. He's snoo- just taking a nap. He's hitting that button, hitting that snooze button. Yep. <laughs> That's a three millennia hit. Um, but uh, guys, starting with Danny, is he uh, the most obvious choice of Primarch to return? We keep kind of hearing words, and obviously now we have three Chaos Primarchs. We only have one Imperial, so there has to be another one coming. Is the Lion the most obvious one for you? Well, of course. Duh. Yeah. Why? I think there's a lot of cool. I think there's a lot of cool story that they can do with that. Um, with either him or uh, Sanguinius would be both good choices, I think. Uh, even though, yeah, people are going to say, oh, he's dead or whatever. But yeah, is he? Who knows? It, it's like Marvel, man. Nobody's really dead. No. Everyone's not when in you have basis. <laughs> yeah, not when you have uh, Yunari running around bringing back Primarchs from the dead, right? But uh, they did it once. Yeah, they, they already did it once, guys. Uh, uh, I, like, uh, I like the lion uh, because I think he's a good counterplay to Gulliman like he's he would uh like take take him taking over the imperium nihilus is like kind of a dream come true for me mm-hmm. yeah benny do you follow lore at all out there yeah do i love you, the lore yeah do you see the line as the most obvious choice or is there a better primark for you there's arguments for the khan um like like he's what he's off somewhere doing something um, so I'm sure that he, that he could come back, but I think I agree with Danny in the fact that he would, he would, um, the line would cause just enough friction to make it an interesting, an interesting turn of events, I think between him and Gilliman. So I think like that's, you know, they've never had the best relationship, have they? So I think it'd be quite an, quite an interesting balance there. Yeah. I do love, uh, Tamadoshi in chat, uh, good old Kelsey's letting us know he wants the corpse of Sanguinis to return as a tactical corpse. <laughs> So I want to feel like you would just deploy this corpse in the battlefield and everyone within three feet of it automatically gets re-rolls to hit and wound or something like that. It's just like little body <laughs> quality. Love it. Um, insane people uh, do, do certain things. Danny got, ben, we looked at hobby desks earlier. Wait. We looked at hobby desks earlier. <laughs> but insane people have spent hours of time uh, moving Citadel paint into dropper bottles. 
Um, but now, <laughs> we're getting a little, a little even as we see that people have transferred dropper bottles into tubs. Why? Uh, because that's, that's that desk again. Where's the baby? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Look at that. That was the other desk. This was shower oh. guy. The other guy was baby oh, oil. Yeah, that's right. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> shower guy, shower not baby guy. oil. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, we're, we're moving <laughs> dropper bottles into tubs. Obviously, this is a meme designed to anger and enrage, as you can see by the fact that uh, the numbers in each picture are at a different location for every one, and that infuriates me more than the paint pot ever will. Um, but this is the both of you here. Are you guys team dropper bottle or team tub? Oh, I'm, team, I'm team dropper bottle. Um, I think the person who did that is an absolute psychopath. Um, <laughs> to be honest, uh, and honestly, the thing that really gets me is the label on it to finish, just wrapped That's around the tub. Perfect. Just, oh, just like slapped on there. Oh, what a, what a mad man. <laughs> The, here, here's the thing, though, right? So, Danny, just jumping in back to you. Danny, are you team dropper bottle or team tub? Oh, dropper bottle. Come on. Why? What, why not? Have you ever used a dropper bottle, John? Yeah, I waste so much paint by squidging out, like, too much of it. Well, you need to have some, you need to have some portion control, my friend. Let me tell you about it. Um. <laughs> also, hey, our producer is letting us know in chat that the, he thinks this one is a joke. Uh, I'll do respect, Val. I don't think you realize what a joke is, and this is entirely <laughs> serious. But please continue, Dan. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm I, I got thrown. Yeah, why? Like so. So, what is like the the big upside to the dropper bottle, and uh, why would you, you spend, use like, less paint? <laughs> hundreds of hours, just kind of like pouring your paint into a different kind of tub. I wouldn't transfer paint. That's a waste of time. I'd rather just buy a new dropper bottle fair um here's a question for you ben does it really matter well look it depends who you ask doesn't it really because some people are very passionate about it probably um the same the same kind of passion the people who made that made that whole image but um i don't think it look as long as you've got the color as long as you're happy in yourself with your with your bad choice or good choices um then that's all that matters i think so fair that's fair. And just Joel use, just use drop choosing violence by saying, goodbye, uh, <laughs> my choice is Apple Barrel Walmart craft paint. Get out of here, Joel. No one wants that. Um, is it good, Joel? <laughs> you know, we have a local painter here, uh, and, and Danny, I think you know Tad. Uh, he did craft paint for a lot of his stuff there. Yeah. Like the, that, uh, the that Walmart brand paint. Is that <laughs> what he painted on those pizza boxes? Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, GTs and majors, we talked about them a little bit here, uh, are famed for their price support with entire armies given away like at last year's LVO. We have hundreds of dollars of store credit, sometimes even cold hard cash going to the victors. But I saw this guy on Facebook and it got me a little concerned. It says, but wait, that is not all. We have price support pooping in from all over the country. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be one for the ages. Um, I personally here do not want poop. My prize is pooped out of anywhere. Uh, but using that as kind of a, a stepping off point here, uh, Ben, what are the best prizes you've won at an event? Well, look, I'll be, if I'm honest with you, um, I've never won an event, 
so uh, so that there's been any prizes worthy of. Um, but I think it's I think I don't really like cold hard cash. I think that's that takes that's a bit much. I like um, like either material products or or store credit or stuff like that. I think giving someone flat cash is is is, is just a, just a little bit much. I think personally, but you know each each to to their own. But you know, yeah. Breaking news! Danny, you breaking went news! A uh, most recent YouTube straw poll uh, has oh, uh, has oh. just come in. Uh, better sense of humor. John Edge's Val, fifty-five to forty-four. Dang, dang! It's devastating YouTube, loss. Uh, opinions. Uh, in in honor of our American friends, I will not concede this this vote. That's right. Demand a recount. Forty-five uh, percent. There's at least three people. Um, uh, but Danny, you funded your entire hobby budget for several years off of milking RTTs in Alaska and just sort That's of true. winning. Uh, what are the best prizes that you've won at an event? Uh, man, uh, this <laughs> oh, this hurts me to admit this. Uh, the best prizes that I ever won at an event were at AKBB. 2014 or whatever like so that was the alaska battle brothers tournament i won like a large citadel case and like probably six or seven hundred dollars worth of various model kits uh and games so it was a pretty lucrative haul so i think my favorite memory of that event because i had a, a similarly lucrative haul uh th this event this wasn't necessarily prizes for gaming they had a, a door raffle where you buy yeah. your raffle tickets I bought maybe 10 bucks worth and other people were putting like hundreds of dollars in. We're like, yeah, support charity, do all this stuff. I won uh, literally every prize. Uh, they kept <laughs> pulling my tickets and the organizer was getting very frustrated that my name kept being pulled. Uh, but because of the fact it was a, a legal lottery uh, being sponsored by the location we were in, they couldn't redraw. Uh, so I got... Literally, I think $600 worth of prizes off of that one event there. It's quality. Yep. So you got um, them on a technicality then. That's the best Did, way we, to we win. We stating the law to them when he was like, can you just do a redraw, please? My my player base is, is buckling <laughs> was, under this. <laughs> I was uh, not sober at this point. here. That might shock uh, a couple of you here. But I just remember being like, yeah. Or, oh, Danny, and this is, this is kind of an aside again here, an aside from an aside. Do you remember when one of the local guys won it and he went F yeah and screamed yeah. it? And this was an event inside a church. Yeah, it was not a Catholic church at a Catholic, Catholic high church. school. Like it was, uh, yeah, not, <laughs> maybe not that guy's finest public moment. Well, maybe. Um, do well, prizes been, to you guys make or break an event? Uh, Benny, you've said you've run a lot of events in Australia and you're kind of building up that community there. Are your players telling you that like prizes are super important or is it kind of more the social aspect for you? No, it's more the social aspect. I think like um, generally, and I speak for, for a majority, um, most people are, like love the fake internet points more than they love the prizes, um, I think. And I think that that's, well, certainly over where, where we are in Australia. But, um, you know, obviously prizes are a nice garnish, but most people would like, most people prefer a nice trophy and the and the nice fake internet points. So amazing, um, Danny. Last question on this, and then we're going to move on to our last slide of the night. Move the rest to next week. Here, um, should prizes be expected at events? Ooh, that depends. 
I think that depends depends entirely upon what the entry fee is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and this is this is my look. I'm getting into a real serious moment here. You know, like <laughs> I feel like if you uh, if you spend a lot of money to get an event to get into an event, like maybe over over ten dollars, I would say, like there probably should be some kind of prize support. Yeah, totally fair. And I would say the most popular prize support at any event I've run is a glass trophy, which seems to be like the pinnacle of 40k winnings. There's not prizes, oh, yeah. but a glass trophy. That's the fanciest kind. Uh, we're moving on to this last slide here, pulling our producer away from figuring out Twitch polls as we find out that, man, yeah, maybe we should engage. That, that seems like a good idea. Um, but Tanya Gates, the war mistress herself, uh, frankly, a lot of you guys are awful to her uh, for no particular reason. And she does share with me some of the messages and comments that she does get on her YouTube channel, uh, which are uh, not great. And this is one of them here. It says, what? Women don't play Warhammer. According and all the feminists I've ever listened to come on women are simply appalled by the idea of Warhammer. That was a sentence. That's how I read it. Uh, guys, just don't worry. <laughs> it's too sexist for them. It's too hyper-masculine. Not enough space marines, they shroud. I think he meant shout. Um, so what is this? A beautiful woman explaining Warhammer? Preposterous. Inconceivable, even. The shutters, the, this, the shutters, the very worldview I was taught by the Marxist feminist of part of Warhammer, cries softly while wiping away tears with Arch Warhammer brand handkerchief, laughs in orc. I would love this um, person to cite their the feminist um, documents and, and material they have actually read because, um, you, you know, when someone says that I, out of all the feminist feminist uh, articles I've read, it generally means they haven't read any. Um, and <laughs> that, that, person, that person doesn't appear like they've read that many, even though they declare they do. Technically correct, because of all of the feminist stuff they've read, it doesn't say it anywhere and they haven't read any. Uh, yeah, well, Jenny... <laughs> Using your best Rules legal skill here, what is the Marxist feminist view of Warhammer? John, it's really important that everybody understands what this is, and it totally, it totally shuttered my entire war, my, my entire worldview of everything, and I mean that shuttered it completely. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, like it's this, it's this idea that uh, that women can't play Warhammer because it's too hyper masculine, John, and that's why they're not interested in playing, and that's not fair. because of probably some Shit super Lords. awful toxic experiences that they that they had at the local game store with somebody who purported to be an expert. Breaking news! Breaking news! Quick straw poll from the chat. Probably last one for the night. Fuck this guy. One hundred percent yes from the chat. One hundred percent yes. By this yep. guy. They mean me. I therefore making Val feel better about I the left earlier it, poll. I left it open ended on purpose. Could be me, could <laughs> be fair. you, could be this guy, that guy, who knows? Ben, Whoa. for your last question here tonight that we're gonna ask you before we get you a chance to plug your stuff, is the beautiful woman preposterous to this person, or is it just the idea of someone being able to explain Warhammer? <laughs> look i think i think it's definitely a bit of both i think like maybe the realization of um him having to address his own personal hygiene when he goes to another another place where there might be more than one one sex there might be a thing so you, you just never know I think... oh, fair point totally fair danny anything else you want to throw in here 
before I take the rest of this week and move it on to next to cut my workload. No, John, reuse, recycle. Reduce. I'm, I'm, I'm only a two-hour man. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, thank you so much for coming in. Please take this opportunity, let people know where to find you, uh, where to find more of you, and how to support... Oh, oh we just to make sure we didn't do a clickbaity title. Uh, no, uh, everyone is good at Warhammer worldwide. For God's sake, Australia what? just run, won the World Team Championship. Don't fall for clickbait, but also come back next week. Benny, That's... please promote your stuff. <laughs> was that was that on Val? Uh, <laughs> heck yeah. <laughs> Well, you can find me and the lovely hosts, um, the two Alexes and Sam at 40K Frontiers on the Best of Tabletop Network um, for giving you a little bit of an insight into the world of 40K outside of North America and Western Europe. Um, also, if you're looking for some, more of an Australian experience, we've also got um, uh, me, Dale, uh, Ben and Pete on um, Down Under 40K podcast and just look us up on Facebook, come and join in. Um, there's lots of live streams from the events we we run and stuff like that. Um, and there's also, um, yeah, if you hit me up on Facebook, you can join our Discord there, but come and join the Best in Tabletop Discord or come and join Down, Down Under 40K, both, and you'll come and see the, the awesome community outside of American Western Europe. So please do. Amazing. And as our producer so wonderfully reminded us, guys, there's a brand new full color uh, pre-printed Frontline Gaming Terrain set <laughs> in each of the four Chaos God colors uh, that are available for sale now Frontline Gaming Dota. Uh, what an amazing show, guys. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Guys, we're going to be back next Monday with Dr. Stat Daddy MD himself. Nathaniel Hedding from StatJack is going to be here. Uh, and as always, it's pretty grim after dark.